Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 119 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. The name of today's episode is the Essene Mirrors. So the Essene Mirrors are basically a framework from the Jewish slash Christian sect of people known as the Essenes who existed around the first couple centuries after the death of Christ. And they're oftentimes thought to be the creators of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in their writings, they had this framework called the Essene Mirrors. And basically, it's just a framework for understanding human relationships, whether that was the relationship you have with yourself or others around you. And so today, what I wanted to do was break down the meaning of those teachings called the Essene Mirrors and basically use them to apply to how we can live a better life, and especially in terms of relationships that we have with other people. Now, this sounds like an obscure topic, but I came across this from a guy named Greg Braden, who, interestingly enough, is a geologist that does a lot of spiritual slash metaphysical writing, books, lectures, and stuff like that. So you'll see him on a lot of stuff out there in more of like the spiritual community, if you will, on podcasts, videos, YouTube, that stuff. So that's how I came across these things. And I heard him talking about it. I thought it was pretty interesting to do a little bit more research myself. And today I wanted to put together just a podcast of me talking about these things, because whether you are religious, Christian, or whatever you are, I think this is a really cool framework that we can apply to our lives to not only understand ourselves better, but understand how we relate to other people better. I think part of being a high performance person is knowing how to engage in great relationships and interesting relationships and making sure that you are contributing to the relationships you have with other people. But even more importantly, the relationship you have with yourself and the relationship you have with your higher self. So that is what I'm gonna be talking about today before I jump on into everything. Always remember, to join the group. So don't forget the link in the description of the video or the podcast. Check that out. Or if you get any sort of value from this, leave a comment or leave a review. That really helps push this up in the algorithm and help other people see it and get more downloads and everything. So I really encourage you to do so if you resonate with this whatsoever. Help get it out there into the ether, into the algorithm mania world that we live in today. And whether you are listening to this in April of 2021 or April of 2031. Hopefully this provides you some sort of value and let's jump on into it. So I'm going to share my screen real quick and let's talk about the Essene. So the Essene mirrors. Well, before I jump into the Essene mirrors, let's just give a brief background and overview of who the Essenes were. So the Essenes were basically a Jewish sect that flourished around the end of the second temple period, which is between the second century BC and the first century AD. And the, the knowledge we have of them comes from a historian. His name was Flavius Josephus. He was a Jewish historian who lived during the first century AD. The Essenes were also mentioned by a guy named Philo of Alexandria, who was a Hellenistic Jew philosopher and also a contemporary of Josephus, I think more of the writings, at least I came across in my research, were from this guy, Philo of Alexandria. And then also another guy that was a Roman naturalist, and his name was Pliny, P-L-I-N-Y, the elder. So these three guys are the main 
historians that we have reference to the Essenes. So Pliny the, the Roman historian said basically they were a people that live apart from the world and marvelous beyond all others throughout the whole earth for they have no women among them to sexual desire. They are strangers and money they have none. The palm trees are their only companions. So basically they are more of a monk type people that live in nature and really abstain from a lot of earthly desires and pleasures, which can be a good thing, but also sometimes can not be such a good thing because I think God created everything for us to enjoy in moderation. But Philo and Josephus estimated that the Essenes had as many as around 4,000 followers during their time. And they led a strictly communal life. And this was often, again, later compared to Christian monasticism. So we can think of these as kind of the first monastic type people, which is really interesting to me. I don't know that I would necessarily want to be someone that lived a monk lifestyle or lived off in a monastery. I think it would be interesting and an interesting experiment to do. But I don't know that I would want my whole life to do that. I don't know. I really wouldn't know until I tried it. But I think it, they do have some interesting tenets and whether you do that for a brief period of time or whether you choose to live your whole life in an environment like that, I think there's things about yourself that you learn from going so deep into study, so deep into meditation. And I think a lot of times we just get sidetracked by our day-to-day -day lives that a lot of times we get caught up in so much of what's going on in the world that we never take time to reflect. And lastly, like I said, the Essenes are most widely regarded as the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls which were discovered, I believe, in 1948 in Nag Hammadi. And really interesting. I might do another episode on those. But to get into the Essene Mirrors. So basically, the Essene Mirrors is, again, this framework that helps us understand human relationships. And the Essenes created this to leave us with a analysis and how to understand relationships we have. And basically what they did is they separated relationships into seven different categories, and they called these categories mirrors. The thought is that every moment of our life, our inner reality is mirrored in the actions, the choices, and the language of the people around us. So think about that. That's kind of a very high-level summary, but really think about that, that every moment of our life, the inner reality that we have is mirrored in the actions, the choices, and the language of the people around us. So what does that mean? Well, at the end of the day, my interpretation of that is that the reality that we are experiencing in the world today, so your notion and nature of reality is mirrored in the actions, the choices, and language of the people around us. So what I interpret that to mean is that the reality that we are all experiencing is created from the inner state among us. And whether you think that's good or bad, it's a reflection of the inner state and how that's manifesting in the world. So the mirrors are going to help us understand what that means and how to apply it. So let's jump on into it. Mirror number one. So the first Essene mirror of human relationships is that of our presence in the present moment. So the mystery of the first mirror is focused on what thing we send in the present moment to the people around us. When we are surrounded by individuals and models of behavior in which the feeling of anger and or fear dominates or feelings of joy and happiness dominate, the mirror works in every way. What we see in the first mirror is the image of what we are in the present moment. So basically, mirror number one is this idea of the present moment. 
And this is definitely something that is emerging in the consciousness, spirituality, community, whatever you want to call it. The idea of the present moment, that we are here in the present moment and to soak up and be in the present moment and not to be attached to the past or attached to the future, but be really in the present moment. And basically idea number one, and you could argue that the Essenes were maybe the progenitors of this idea of the present moment, the power of now, is that what we are focused on in the present moment is what we send to the people around us, thereby creating the actual present moment itself. So I know, again, it might sound a little esoteric. It might sound a little symbolic, metaphoric, kind of layers deep. But think about that, what, what that means in your life. What are you doing in the present moment? Are you attached to the past? Are you attached to the future? Are you really in the present moment? So think about that in your life and what you're experiencing in your own head and heart as well. Now, mirror number two. So mirror number two, basically the idea is that judgments are in the present moment. We can say that it refers to what is opposed on us subtly. So instead of reflecting on everything we are, it shows what we judge in the present moment. So if you are surrounded by people in whom the behavior model causes frustration or triggers feelings of anger or bitterness and realizes that these models are not yours in that moment, then ask yourself, are you showing me myself in the present moment? If you can honestly say no, there's a good chance that it is showing you what you were judging at that moment. So this is more the next level, whereas mirror one is the presence in the present moment. This is how we are judging the present moment. So it's our next thoughts and actions about how we are judging the present moment. And so if we're surrounded by people that cause us to feel angry or bitter, ask yourself, am I angry or bitter because of that person or because of myself? And again, this is always going to go back to the idea of individual sovereignty. Are you in control of your own life? So mirror number two is, are you letting the emotions, the sayings, the actions of others to dictate your internal state? So think about that. How often are you in control of your internal state? versus allowing other people to control your internal state and manipulate in your internal state. And that doesn't have to be people. That could be the media. It could be the news. It could be whatever. But think about that. How often are you in control of your internal state versus letting other people be in control? Now, mirror number three. So mirror number three refers to the beautiful sensation when we look into someone's eyes and we are drawn to it so that something magical happens and we want to spend as much time as possible with this person. So the first two, we're more or less talking about our internal state and how we interact with the present moment and then how we interact with others around us and allow that to create the present moment. Number three is going to be how we interact actually with someone else. So these magical encounters mirror something we have lost, abandoned, or been taken away from. The the third essential mirror of human relations is one of the easiest to recognize because we perceive it every time we are in the presence of a person and look into our eyes. Sometimes when we are faced with people embodying the same things that we have lost in the past and are looking for to reach our totality, our body expresses a physiological response that we understand as a kind of magnetic attraction for that person. So when you stand in front of someone and for whatever unexplainable reason you feel the need to spend more time with that person, ask yourself, What does this person have that I have lost or abandoned or been taken away from me? So think about that. Whenever it could be a significant other, could be a friend, 
whenever we are directly connecting with someone, if we think about consciousness as this idea that everyone is part of a larger consciousness that is vastly superior to ourselves, and we are one cell in that organism of consciousness. When we are connecting with another person, we are actually linking up and recognizing something that we may have been attached to at one point. So when we come down from source into the human plane and we connect with another person, we're actually connecting with that source energy that is the general consciousness that we are all a part of. And so the answer may surprise you since you've almost always recognized a sense of familiarity with virtually everyone who passes you by. And this is kind of the idea of human beings as one race and one large body of people that we are all connected. And much of human history, a lot of the suffering, strife, war, violence, and everything has been to take us away from that and not to get woo-woo or super lovey-dovey or anything like that. But at the end of the day, we are all part of the same species. We are all part of the same race, which is that of being human. And we are all connected telepathically, emotionally, physically, psychologically. We are very connected, particularly just by the fact that out of all the humans that have ever, ever existed, we are here now at this time. We are all sharing the same experience and seeing the same things going on around us. And so think about that, that every time you make a connection with someone else, that that is a part of you. And that is my interpretation of mirror three. Now, mirror four dives a little bit deeper into the idea of compulsive behaviors and addictions. So in this mirror, there are certain behaviors that give both importance and great value. And we eventually reorganize our lives to welcome them. So when we get into talking about addiction, dependence, compulsion, many people just think drugs and alcohol and things you can get addicted to, which are definitely possible and capable of creating such behaviors. However, there can be more subtle addictions that we experience in life, such as family control, dependence on sex and other people, codependence, dependence on anything. You could be dependent on exercise. You could be addicted to video games, lots of different things out there. And basically the idea is that such behaviors are compulsive and could influence the creation of an addiction in our life. So the fourth mirror of human relationships allows us to observe ourselves in a state of dependence and compulsion. And through these feelings, we slowly give up the things that are most valuable to us. So this idea of the fourth mirror is basically that we realize that we can become addicted to things. So we realize there are certain things in our life that cause us to become dependent and attached into the world. And most people, their entire life, actually never separate themselves from understanding that they are separate from whatever their addiction is. So whether that's alcohol, drugs, anything, they become attached to that and realize, and they don't realize that that's separating them from the true potential of who they are. They become codependent on that and just feel that they need those things in order to get through life. So the fourth mirror is basically this framework that is allowing us to distinguish from ourselves what we can become addicted to and how that inhibits us from becoming the best version of ourselves. And now I think there's certain things that could be good. You could be addicted to exercise. You could be addicted to keeping your room clean, things like that, which are obviously better than drugs and alcohol. However, it's this idea of realizing that as a sovereign individual being, 
there are certain things our brain is always seeking stimulation and to understand that and then separate ourselves from that and understand that we don't need those things in order to be human all the time is powerful. And that's basically the idea of number four is recognizing these things that can cause and create addiction in our life and being able to break down the barrier to stop it. And again, this can be related to relationships as well. So whether it's relationships you have with food, drugs, alcohol, whatever, or relationships with other people, it's recognizing that and being able to distinguish it and separate that in your life to understand what's going on and basically that you're becoming the conscious creator of your life. Now, mirror number five. So mirror number five refers to the way we live our lives. So this mirror shows us how much our parents have influenced our lives. So the heavenly father and mother, the masculine and the feminine, feminine represent our parents. So everything refers to how we live our divinity on earth as related to our parents. So through their relationship or from what we have learned with our parents, our beliefs and vision of God are born. So think about that for a second. Most of what you know, because when we are born from the time we're born until we're like five or six years old, assuming that you had parents and assuming that your parents raised you, they are imprinting the software program on our life. So if our brain is our hardware, our parents are installing the software for our life that basically creates the foundation and framework of our reality. And so through the relationships from what we have learned with our parents, our beliefs, vision of God are born. And if we always feel judged or have the feeling of not being able or sufficient in what we do, it reflects our relationship with our parents. So this is why, especially it's important as a parent that you raise your child, especially in those first few years of life properly and with love and care. And this also allows you to see better and more deeply why we live life in a certain way. So it's very important to understand that we can have these certain inclinations, proclivities, things in our life because of how our parents raised us. And again, part of these mirrors is understanding these mechanisms, kind of like hidden architecture that are in our psyche, in our belief systems of how we live life. And a lot of people never wake up to this. They never realize this and understand it within themselves at a very deep level. But basically, this mirror asks us to admit that our actions about us reflect our beliefs and expectations regarding what is sacred to us, namely our heavenly father and mother, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine aspects of our creator. And it is through our relationship with our parents that we realize our beliefs and expectations about God, the creator, or what is important to us. So understand that your parents shape much of the belief system, architecture, and structure that you have in your life. And ideally, you would want that to be regarded as having a divine, sacred nature in terms of your creator, to understand that your parents raised you and we are all part of the larger creator who created us, which I believe is God. But if you are not in an environment that encourages that, brings you up in that, it's going to be very hard for you to connect with that. And it's not impossible, but you have to understand that you're oftentimes your belief system with how you interact with the divine nature of God is going to be from the expectations that your parents set when they install your software in the first few years of your life. And so again, being able to understand this, understand why you feel a certain way, why you feel sufficient, insufficient, why you may feel connection with God or may, why you may want to reject God often has times to do with our relationship with our parents, which ultimately will influence how we see the world and interpret our relationship with our creator. So point being in this, if you are a parent, understand 
that you are in a very powerful position as you raise children in order to instill these ideologies and beliefs in them so that they have respect for God or the creator, whatever you want to call it in life. So pretty cool. Now, number mirror number six is called the dark night of the soul. Now, this mirror reflects that through challenges and difficulties, we can overcome with grace and ease. So each difficulty in life shows us the possibility of overcoming and reaching higher levels of mastery. Now we're really getting into the next level. This is like the warrior ethos, the understanding that there are going to be struggles in your life. In this mirror, we can lose everything we have, be naked before the dark night of the soul to find trust in life. It means that every challenge we face in our lives is a test. Wow, that is powerful. These are lessons we must learn to develop our soul. However difficult it may be, we must always act calmly, wisely, and even a little coldly, not reacting to things so that we can finally learn from that experience we are going through. And so think about that for a second. How many times do we get caught up in something in our life that may be our dark night of the soul? The end of a relationship. You get fired from your job. The economy collapses. You lose all your money, whatever it may be. You seem hopeless. It seems like the end is near. You seem like you have nothing to live for. Well, mirror number six is flipping that on its head and showing us that through these things is what helps us to ascend to levels of mastery in our life. So it is through the struggle. It is through the birthing pain of trial and tribulation that we experience in life that we actually learn and grow and really find ourselves and develop the character needed in order to become the type of people that we want to be. And again, so this idea of the dark night of the soul, it's the lessons that we have to learn in order to develop. And ultimately, why we're here experiencing life right now is to grow, is to learn, is to understand and progress and learn about ourselves. And if you look at your life through the framework of understanding things that don't go your way and don't go how you would want them to go, understand that that is a learning experience that we go through to help us evolve and become more spiritually developed. And I think if you look at everything that happens in your life with that lens and framework, you can never lose. And you understand that everything that we go through is a purpose. It's not random. So I think this is perhaps one of the most powerful ones, but also just understanding how to apply an evaluation of where your life is at and what you're going through and understanding the context of what you're going through in the larger scheme of things going on around us. And lastly, the last one, mirror number seven. So this is the subtlest and often most difficult mirror to be accepted. It asks us to believe that any experience in our life is perfect. This is kind of building on the dark night of the soul. And uh, really, this is where you become the ascended master, so to speak. So no matter the result, here we are invited not to follow the limits imposed by others. The only goal and point of reference in our life must be ourselves. It is the simplest and perhaps the most difficult to be achieved. Everything that happens in your life is in divine order. Know this and manage your feeling about the events. The universe takes care of everything entirely. So as we go through dark nights of the soul, and then as we realize and understand that these struggles and trials that we go through in life are things that are there to make us stronger. Mirror number seven builds on that and caps off these mirrors to understand that the only responsibility you have in life is for yourself. Now, I do not say that to say that you just get to run roughshod over people and you get to 
dominate people in your life and you get to control people and ruin other people's lives. That's not what this is saying. The, the intent here is to understand that our self has to be the reference that we have in life. And that everything that happens in our life is part of the divine order. That all of this is architected, that the past, present, and future are all architected as part of this divine order and understanding that everything happens in a perfect way for a perfect reason. So that whatever you go through, good, bad, indifferent, ugly, happy, sad, everything that you go through in life is there for a reason. And that we as sovereign individual beings are responsible for the creation of those things for ourselves, not for other people. And so it's not our job in life to tell other people how to live their life, to tell other people what they should be doing. It's to learn ourselves and evolve ourselves and becoming the best version of ourselves. And this is perhaps one of the most difficult things that we can do is to accept that everything in our life is happening for a reason and that our life is perfect. Now, that is extremely difficult to accept if you may be going through a tough time. And again, we look at the dark night of the soul. But if you understand this in the larger context of the entire universe and everything that ever existed, and that somebody has probably been through something as bad or worse than what you're going through right now, it makes everything okay. And it makes us understand that this is all part of God's plan and is part of the divine order. And so I will close out with a quote from Greg Braden, who is the guy that I came across this framework from. And he says, the world around us is nothing more, nothing less than a mirror of what we have become from within. Again, I'll repeat that. The world around us is nothing more and nothing less than a mirror of what we have become from within. So think about the internal state that you have right now. Oftentimes, the external state that you have will be what ends up determining your fate in life and allows you to go in life where you want to go. So before looking at other people, before blaming other people for saying it's other people's fault, it's not my fault, it's all the other people's fault. Think about your internal state and what internal state you are creating within yourself that you end up showing up with the world in. And I think that's ultimately the point of all of these scene mirrors is to control the internal state. You can't control the people. You can't control the environment. All you can control is your internal state. And the more you do that, and the more you're in control of that, the better life you're going to live because you realize that you are a sovereign being and you are the creator of your universe. And I know it sounds woo-woo, but it's also very powerful. So that being said, that was the scene mirrors. Hopefully that was helpful to you and interesting to learn let me know what you think. And again, don't forget, leave a review on the podcast wherever you're listening. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.